Recently, I was spending a few days in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, celebrating my parents' 50th wedding anniversary. During that trip, I largely stayed off my phone and off social media. I was enjoying my time with my family in a region we've been visiting together since my sister and I were children. In between trips to Amish smorgasbords and farmer's markets and heading into our first of two theater performances, I made the mistake of checking my phone to see if I had any notifications and messages. My screen was covered in dozens of responses in private group chats, all breathlessly centered around one topic. I had no idea what my friends were discussing, but it was something big. I received individual text messages from people who assumed I was aware of the morning's breaking news. They wrote asking me what my thoughts were about the insane find, of which, at that point, I was completely clueless. As my mind attempted to wrap itself around the sheer volume of this seemingly once-in-a-lifetime find, two words in the listing caught my attention. February 2023. Knowing I had some time to look into it, I turned off my phone and headed into the theater, the photos running through my mind as my family and I found our seats amid a swirling crowd. Somehow, somewhere, a massive collection of Star Wars figures turned up, almost 40 years after the final figures from the films were released at retail. This is what we know so far, and on what we're speculating. This is a look at a warehouse find that will eventually sell to the highest bidders this winter. This is the type of attention eight-carded Boba Fetts and hundreds of other figures bring to the world of collecting. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. Wednesday, November 3rd, Dan Morphy posted news of the find to a number of Star Wars collector groups on Facebook. Morphy is the owner of Morphy Auctions, a Pennsylvania-based auction house that focuses on firearms, antiques, and fine art. His post read, A total warehouse find. Over 450 Star Wars figures. All have been stored away in their original cardboard cases since 1980. Some pieces were added at later dates, but most were purchased in the early 1980s. All sold at no reserve in our February 2023 toy sale. This is a total fresh find, still taking consignments for this monumental sale. Morphe included 16 photos in his post. 
the majority of the 450 carded figures up for auction were spread across a series of tables and photographed overhead. The figures were grouped by character and were laid on top of one another so that the cards overlapped, and the figures were visible, still sealed in their bubbles. The first photo centered around characters from the first Star Wars film, with a showing of Tusken Raiders next to a group of C-3PO's. Below them was what looked like a hallucinogenic trail of Leia's, Stormtroopers, and R5-D4 droids. The next photo was just as eye-catching, displaying a treasure trove of Han Solo figures, Boba Fetts, Darth Vaders, and cloth-caped Jawas. And the find displayed a healthy offering of multiples, spanning The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and the 1984 Power of the Force releases. Although the images were mostly wide shots taken from a slight distance, it appeared that the carded figures were in very good condition, without any glaring flaws. They were the only available visuals at the time, and they were certainly enough to grab collectors' attention and become the focal point of many conversations over the next few days. Besides seeing amazing spreads of each figure, a true rarity... The most interesting thing about this find is the way the auction house is planning on breaking up the lot and selling it. The day Morphy posted the announcement, he directly answered only a few questions from collectors. It sounds like the company is still working on specifics, but he was able to clarify how he intended to sell the figures. And I think it's worth mentioning at this point. He said most like figures would be offered as lots meaning that the group of Star Wars Luke Skywalkers would be sold together, and the Darth Vaders would be in a separate lot, and the Boba Fetts would be lumped into another heavily desirable lot. There has been a healthy argument as to whether this would be the best method for someone looking to get the highest price for each carded figure, but I cannot remember seeing a sale like this for as long as I have collected. And if you put eight Star Wars Boba Fetts in the same listing, it will certainly catch the attention of high spenders, as well as a rapt audience leading up to the sale, and a hefty realized value by auction's end. A few things before we continue. My purpose for covering this is not to advertise this auction or to help out a seller or auction house. I do not know who scored this warehouse find, and seeing the post on November 3rd was honestly the first time I had ever heard of Morphe Auctions. And as more and more people piled into our hobby during the pandemic with dollar signs in their eyes set on profiting from collectibles, I've been less interested in covering auctions and in the values of Star Wars memorabilia. I've always enjoyed those aspects because they weren't a focus for me and for most of my friends. And it has been fun to dive into these subjects as a spectator, and to cover them, both as an historical recording and to satisfy my own curiosity. And while I've pulled back from highlighting other auctions, I've wanted to explore this Morphe one because at this point, it's less about the auction and the upcoming sales than it is about digesting what appears to be an extraordinary find that only recently surfaced. After all, 450 carded figures showing up from one source is something we as Star Wars fans and collectors only dream about. And the conversations across many of the collector groups about the find have been really interesting, 
So I wanted to take what little knowledge we have of this future event and to offer some insight into what is to come. So I thought I would pose a few questions that you and I may have after hearing the announcement of the find and the auction, and I'll try to give a fuller context around each answer. Simply put, what were the items in this notable find? The lot consisted of 450 carded vintage Star Wars action figures from the Kenner years. The majority of them appear to be stock that never made it to store shelves in the 1970s and 1980s. Some were added to the find at a later date, though the auction house does not specify which ones or from where they originated. And most of them are unpunched, meaning that the little tab blocking the hanger opening through which a store employee would hang the figure on a rack to sell at retail is still present. Some are missing their punch tabs, but that simply could have happened during shipping or over time, and if the shipping containers had been moved over the decades. The punches were meant to be removed, so having them fall off in transit or in storage is understandable. Where did this find occur? It's believed to have originated around the Chicago region, and it may have surfaced around the Kane County Toy Show this year. What is the overall condition of these figures? They seem to be in fantastic shape, with very little noticeable wear or bubble denting. Of course, we're assessing condition based on a few photos taken at a distance, so it's really hard to determine at this point. Some seem to have slight waves to the card back, which could be the result of how they had been stored over the past few decades. Surprisingly, many of the bubbles are clear, even for some of the later releases. A recent photo taken of the entire lot showed each carded figure is now in an acrylic case, and it appears they will remain that way when they are sold at auction. However, none of the figures have been graded by a third-party toy grading company. This is important to note because grading companies like AFA have developed stricter standards over the past few years, and flaws like veining and creasing, however slight, have more of an effect on the grades now. And while ungraded or raw carded figures generally sell for less than graded ones, if you are pursuing any of these figures for your collection, make sure you can either see them in person or see detailed photos so you know about the condition in advance. How are these figures being sold? As I mentioned earlier, Morphe Auctions will be selling the figures in batches, assorted by character. If you're a fan of the Rancor Keeper and need one or two on different card backs for your collection, this type of sale may work out well for you. But if you've been hunting for a 12-back Princess Leia, you'll have to purchase an entire batch of them, which might not work out well for your wallet. So if you want a Darth Vader, a Luke Skywalker or even a Yoda figure, this is probably not the auction for you to target. The figures span the three films of the original trilogy and Kenner's final compilation line, 1984's Power of the Force. I'm hearing rumors. Could Morphe Auctions change the way they plan to sell these figures? The answer is yes. In his post, Morphe stated that the figures would be sold in batches, by character. 
However, there are rumors that a knowledgeable collector or a few knowledgeable collectors may have reached out to the auction house to discuss a number of options as far as how to conduct this auction. Judging by their past sales, Morphe has had very little experience with Star Wars figures. And since the main goal of an auction house is to bring in the highest dollar amount for each item, they'd be foolish not to listen to any advice that would help them command higher profits. In my opinion, the two elements that are bringing attention to this find is the sheer size of the offering and how the carded figures are being grouped into lots for sale. I can't remember another Star Wars auction that had the quality and quantity, and that is the driving force behind most collector discussions on this topic currently. And if the company changes the construct of the planned auction, it may actually diminish overall interest as it would just become one of many single-item lot Star Wars auctions. And I could see this lot being spread out over a series of auctions that would run every few months. But for now, it appears all 450 figures will be sold in February. Could the auction house delay the auction and choose to have the figures graded? Sure, that could benefit the auction, or it could hurt it, though. If the carded figures have more condition issues that aren't clear now, but would be to an experienced grader, there's a big difference in price for something like an Empire Strikes Back Han Hoth graded at a 75, and one graded at an 85. But if the condition of most of the figures are at an 85 grade or higher, an auction filled with graded carded figures could generate a much higher profit overall. And the difference could be big money, as much as a few hundred thousand dollars. Buying ungraded figures comes with a risk. Resellers who know what they're doing and know the grading process fare better with ungraded lots but it appears the general congregation of collectors and buyers prefer to know exactly what they're getting, and that graded label affixed to the inside of an acrylic case tends to provide a solid answer in their minds. But wait, isn't overall interest down in Star Wars collectibles? The simple answer is that after two years of a collecting craze, that frenzied pace has certainly died down. Yes, people are still buying Star Wars figures but we're seeing pieces going unsold for longer periods of time. High-grade items sell, but the mid- to lower-tier ones are more sluggish. And this is not something new. Prices for 12 back soared between 2014 and 2016, spurred by a renewed interest in the franchise with the release of The Force Awakens. And then, in 2017 and 2019, around the time of The Last Jedi, interest waned and the prices of 12-backs fell. And they've picked up again in 2020 during the quarantine. And two years later, we're likely seeing a dip now, as the hype has quieted a bit. It's very hard to predict a future path for the collectible market. But with the current economic climate, 2023 might turn out to be a step back, giving the hobby a chance to catch its collective breath. So getting back to the announcement, who would be excited by a find like this? That's a very easy answer. Collectors and fans of Star Wars. Those who grew up on the Kenner figures. 
and seeing a few hundred figures surface and laid out on a few tables is a shocking treat unto itself. But then, seeing multiple examples of the same figure does something to our brains. It's overwhelming in the best possible way, and it certainly gets collectors talking and bidding. In reality, though, who will purchase these wonderful carded figures? That's another easy answer. The highest bidder. But in this case, it will most likely be vendors and resellers. Ones with deep pockets. Flippers. And that includes both established collectors and ones who are new to the hobby. Ones who tend to see carded Kenner Star Wars figures not as bridges to the past, not as relics of childhood, not as a beautiful crossroads between design and sculpture and photography and imagination, but as items they can grade and trade for hundreds and thousands and maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars. If you've seen the photos from this find and thought about this question, I'm sure a handful of specific people flash through your mind. When it comes to a batch of 12-backs or a row of Boba Fetts, the pool of people is very small. We're talking about those who have the funds and the interest in capitalizing on picking up multiples of the same figures and potentially spending five or six figures on each of the big-ticket lots. Now, the smaller lots may go to collectors, but it all depends on which character it is, where the values fall, and how the bidding goes. If that's the case, is there any way to beat the resellers? Absolutely. But it will cost you. In order for something to be appealing to a reseller, there has to be potential to make money from a purchase. Many are hoping to capitalize on the fact that these carded figures will be ungraded. Most of them will be graded after the auction ends, regardless, because graded figures often command a premium. So there's room for profit there. However, if as a collector you want a few pieces or a small run for yourself, you can basically bid up to the point of fair market value or even over it. I'm not saying this for the benefit of the auction, but that's how you win if you are determined to get these specific items being sold. A lot of the pieces I own were ones I won on eBay years ago, and had spent the then-current price to get them. And as they've remained in my collection for years, their current values appreciated to levels well above what I paid for them. So if you and one or two of your friends are looking for an R2-D2 with sensor scope, Figure out the fair market value for the batch in advance and bid up to the point in which you feel comfortable. And even if you don't win them, you'll at least make it a little more painful for the resellers that believe they have an easy score in this auction. And I only suggest this if you are dead set on getting certain pieces from this lot. But some of the best lessons I've learned in this hobby are to be patient, to hunt for the right piece at the right price, and to know the items and their values so you can make solid decisions. And with so many eyes on these lots, I honestly doubt many, if any of them, will sell at value prices. And if that's the case, there are many other places than an auction house in which you can find and acquire figures for your collection. But you have to practice patience when you collect.
Okay, we're practicing patience. But if 450 Kenner figures make their way into our collecting community, will that kill some of the current values of those figures? I found this question fascinating, as many have discussed this topic in the collecting groups. The amount of figures in this find certainly is a lot. To give you an idea, a large auction house like Hake's may offer between 100 and 200 carded figures in one of its premier catalog auctions. And we may see 450 carded vintage figures, graded and ungraded, sold on eBay over the course of a month or two. So alone, that number is substantial. However, when you break the figures down by character, only a handful of each character will be for sale. So somebody buying three Empire Luke Bespin figures at once really doesn't disrupt the market. And even if the buyer then resells them, three carded examples aren't enough to satisfy the collector base that desires to acquire one. Some collectors have expressed concern that once the auction ends, many of the carded figures will be resold almost immediately, flooding the market. I truly doubt that these pieces would be resold as a quick flip. After all, if the winning bidder is considering having them graded, it would take weeks or months before receiving them back from the grading company of choice. What I'm saying is these pieces may be sold at one time in one auction in February but the winning bidder will receive all of the available examples of the same figure. And then that person is essentially in control of what happens next. They could sell them privately to friends and collectors, they could trickle out one at a time, or they could hold on to them for a while. We'll talk about the group of Yoda figures in a bit, but we're really looking at three to eight carded figures for each character. And while they look exponentially more amazing in groups of three, four, or eight in photos, they won't really affect the collecting market more than a Hakes auction or the multitude of transactions on eBay and in the collecting groups on social media that occurs on a weekly basis. Is there any question as to the legitimacy of the find? I think it's healthy to question any find and the items in any auction. Was this a true warehouse find? It's possible that these items were overstock or unused stock for a store from the 1980s. The original post does acknowledge that pieces have been added to it, but we don't know how many or when. And like most major finds, there are always interesting rumors circulating. Hopefully, the auction house will be able to provide a little more transparency about the lot. But if you have any questions about it, it never hurts to contact them directly for answers. Okay, I think that's a pretty good look at some of the questions you and I may have concerning the find, and how it will be presented over the coming months. Let's take a look at the figures being offered. So, what does the batch of first 12 figures look like? For the Star Wars release of the late 1970s, this group can be split into two categories, the first 12 releases that introduced the line, and the 20 and 21 back later releases. Of the first 12, 11 figures are represented in this find so far. Again, I'm only able to speak about what has been released in the photos. 
For these first 12 figures, we have Luke, Leia, Han, Chewbacca, C-3PO, R2-D2, Darth Vader, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Sand Person, the Stormtrooper, and Jawa. The missing figure from this group so far is the Death Squad Commander. Most of the figures were found in batches of eight, which is really impressive. There are seven Han Solo figures, and there are 12 Darth Vaders. Among these 11 figures, some of the examples are 12 backs, meaning the card back shows the first 12 figures released, and others are 20 or 21 backs, which include the characters that premiered in the second half of the film's toy line. Of note, with the first 12, is the chance for some of them to be skew-footers. These were early releases in which a stock-keeping unit number, known in the industry as a skew, was printed on the cardboard footer inside the bubble, on which the figure stands. These pieces can demand a premium among collectors. But more importantly, there's a chance that some of the lightsaber-wielding figures could indeed be double-telescoping variants. The earliest sabers produced consisted of an outer plastic saber that extended from the figure's arm, and also included a second piece, a fragile and skinny inner filament that could be pulled from the outer part to elongate the saber. Kenner halted production of the double-telescoping saber and switched it with a single-telescoping one which fused a narrow tip onto a solid outer saber. The double-telescoping saber was released with only a small batch of carded figures. A carded DT Luke is the most common of the three, and sells in the twelve dollars to $30,000 range, depending on condition. Two double-telescoping Lukes with skews on the footer sold at Hake's auction in the past two years for $32,000 and $42,000. A double-telescoping carded Obi-Wan and Darth Vader are far rarer and have sold in the $50,000 to $80,000 range. This past week, an Obi-Wan graded at a 75 and offered through Hakes sold for more than $79,000. So you can understand why collectors would be looking at these lots very carefully. It's hard to judge from the photos, but it appears at least one of the Lukes is a double-telescoping variant. It's too difficult to tell if the Obi-Wan figures or Vader figures also have special sabers, but from a cursory glance, we can tell by the card back how many have the potential to be 12 backs. None of the 20 or 21 back figures came with double telescoping sabers. If you look at the top left-hand corner of a 12 back card, you'll see a white price box. The 20 and 21 figure card backs do not have the price box. In the Morphe lot, all eight Lukes and Obi-Wans are 12-backs. Only four of the 12 Darth Vaders have price boxes. Also, any with an offer for a free Boba Fett on the front of the card is a 20-back figure, as the Boba Fett was the mail-away offer and wasn't released in stores at that point. None of the eight Jawas are their vinyl cape variants, which are heavily in demand among collectors. Instead, they are all cloth cape versions. But take note, during the first release, known as the 12-back A, some Jawas came with a square bubble and included a plastic backing tray for the figure. And those variants can sell for thousands over their more common counterparts. These are just a few of the details to look for when assessing these lots. 
Do any of the R2-D2 figures have a rare dark blue dome? Are any figures Taiwan variants? Is the small head Han a 12-back A? Or could it be the rarer 12-back C? It's always good to dive into the details about the pieces you love and collect. Are there any notable items from the group of 20 and 21 back carded figures? The next batch were the 20 and 21 backs, which introduced a total of nine new figures to the line. Four Cantina aliens, three droids, Luke Skywalker as an X-Wing pilot, and the legendary bounty hunter, Boba Fett. The warehouse find likely also turned up eight examples of each of the nine figures as well although the photos only show four red snaggletooth figures and one power droid. The draw from this batch, the one that has the collectors salivating, is the chance to own eight carded 21-back Boba Fetts. The 21A is much rarer than the 21B or C, and would instantly raise both the value and the interest in this lot. If all eight Boba Fetts are sold as a lot, what do you think will happen? My gut says each will sell in the seven dollars to $12,000 range, bringing the total lot of eight Boba Fetts into the sixty dollars to $100,000 range. 21 B-backs, which seem to be the most common ones, sell between $10,000 and $15,000 each, when graded at an 80. 85s have reached as high as $30,000 each this year at auction but I don't know if collectors are willing to spend that kind of money anymore for one. And of course, auctions always bring an element of crazy to it, so we could see a much higher total price at auction's end for this batch of bounty hunters. How about the figures from The Empire Strikes Back? The Empire Strikes Back offering covers at least 27 of the first 48 characters from the lineup up to 1982. But where the figures from Star Wars were mostly in groups of eight carded examples each, the Empire ones consist of groups of three for each figure. Some are on their debut card backs, like the Leia Bespin on a 31B, a 2-1B droid on a 41A, or the Imperial TIE Pilot on the 47 back. But the most exciting Empire lot consists of three Luke Bespin figures, all on the rare 31B back. This release is the only one of its kind for Luke Bespin. Instead of a close-up shot of Mark Hamill against a blue background, the Kenner team used an early shot of the actor walking against a white background. The image was swapped out for the close-up by the time Yoda premiered as the 32nd figure shortly after the film's release. And speaking of Yoda... The diminutive Jedi Master will certainly be featured as one of the spotlight lots in this find. A full case of 24 carded Yodas will be offered, along with the shipping container that housed the figures. This is a true rarity, and with the popularity and prices for carded Yoda figures rising substantially over the past two years, I'm sure many collectors will target this lot. I've heard a few enthusiasts speak about this case, and the hope is that whoever wins it is able to keep it all together because the chance to complete a case and to have the original shipping container is certainly a challenge. 
And what does the Return of the Jedi segment look like for a collector? The Return of the Jedi lot includes the 31 figures introduced for the line. And there are three carded figures for each character. The real draw for collectors is the fact that some of these Jedi figures have clear bubbles. Almost every batch has at least one clear bubble carded figure, which is really rare for Jedi-era figures, as most have yellowed over the decades. So if you're seeking a clear Admiral Akbar or Nine Num, or three Emperor's Royal Guards, you may want to explore these lots in greater detail when the auction house releases better photos. There are clear bubble Lumats and Poplus, the two figures released at the end of the Jedi line. Wicket, Chief Chirpa, Nikto, Bib Fortuna, Tebow, Leia Bausch, Biker Scouts, and there may even be an 88 in there as well. What about the rest of the figures? Rounding out the find are figures from Kenner's final offering, 1984's coin-bearing Power of the Force. Eleven of the last fifteen characters are available, and similar to the Empire and Jedi figures, they'll be offered in groups of three. And here's where it gets interesting. Power of the Force figures are notoriously difficult to find with clear bubbles. Very few are still clear. But it appears some of these bubbles may be clear. I would recommend looking more closely at the A-Wing pilot, two of the EV-99s, the Han Carbonite figures, the Imperial Dignitaries, and possibly one of the Luke Poncho figures. And one that caught my attention was the Imperial Gunner. If any of the Power of the Force figures do indeed have clear bubbles, you'll see many more collectors suddenly interested in pursuing them. So that is a look at what we know so far about this recent warehouse find of 450 carded vintage Star Wars figures. Remember, while the auction house's owner has stated that the figures would be grouped by character and sold as lots, all of that could change over the next few months. But I wanted to explore which figures were being offered and to get a fuller idea of what exactly was found. I also aim to address some questions that you and I might have about a find like this, because it has certainly led to some great discussions among collectors. What do you think is the total value of the lot? The most common number I've heard is estimated at around $500,000, a half-million-dollar Star Wars collection. But what makes this one interesting is that there may be some true gems within that could change that estimate pretty quickly. And whether you're a potential buyer targeting a specific character or piece for your collection, or you're someone who is excited to view the outcome of the sale from the sidelines, talking about this find has brought a lot of collectors together. After all, it's fun to experience a new find with your peers to send screenshots to friends with certain figures or elements circled, and to flood the comment section of a social media post with thoughts as we all speculate wildly using the knowledge we've gathered over the years. And regardless of the auction's outcome, 
The best part is that the find is another marker on the Star Wars collecting timeline, and something that stirred conversation on November 3rd of this year and in the following weeks. So I guess the final question I'll pose is, what are your thoughts on this recent warehouse find? Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast, and if you're finding it to be a good audio companion, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast platform. And please, share it with a friend. Thank you so much for listening this year. It's been fun traveling the galaxy with you so far, and we still have a few episodes left before Season 5 begins. I'll meet you back here next time on Star Wars Prototypes and production.